Okay, so we're going uh, completely old school today. I have no um, PowerPoints or anything like that. So hopefully people have their Bibles on their phones or something like that. So I'll give you two scriptures to start with, Matthew 10 verse 39 and Matthew 16 verse 25. And I've come to realise over, um, I guess, years of ministry um, that there's, uh, not everyone wants to see the church growing. Because sometimes we, we have sayings in church where people would say, oh, well, we, we, we want to see our church grow, we want to see a revival, and they have these ideals and, and things. But very, very often, uh, when we start to see things changing in the life of a church, and it actually does start to grow, like we see car parks full and overflowing and, and uh, coming into church and, and the, the usual spot where you want to sit is gone because someone else is sitting in it, things like that, then often people start thinking, although that's what they've always wanted to see, they start saying, I think it's time I find another church, somewhere where I know everybody. You know, yeah, that's really nice to know everybody, but sometimes uh, when God is doing something amazing and where Jesus is, we'll see that we can't contain the amount of people that want to be here. So, um, talking with a couple of pastors last week, and uh, they're in, in a season in, in their churches where they call it these days, it's, uh, it's called Bump In, Bump Out Church. So they're pioneering, they're, they're in uh, suburbs in Adelaide, and the only way they can have church if they want to start anything is to hire a place and bring all the gear. And so they've got guys starting at, at like 6 a.m. in the morning, and, they, and they're bringing in like more gear than what we have here set up permanently, and they're bringing in the whole lot in in some, one guy has a big trailer, another guy has a truck, and they're bringing all this stuff, and they've got these uh, workers, um, people who are wanting to see God do something in that suburb, and they're, they're there early in the morning. They're not thinking about, gee, it's early, or it's cold, or um, you know, what's for breakfast. They come to serve God with, a, um, with an excitement in their heart for what they want God to do. So Matthew 10, verse 39 um, and I just want to challenge you, you know, when we think, hey, we've got hardships here, our hardships are like on Sunday, the, the, the screens went small, they went little, and uh, we got them fixed. So I want to give a big thanks to Josh and Pete for fixing it up last Sunday afternoon, getting it back to normal. Um, it, only takes, it only takes a person like me, one, one wrong move, and we wreck it all, uh, but it takes them guys all afternoon to fix it back. So I want to honour them. Thank, thanks, Pete, for being on the uh, lights tonight. Um, he's not on a roster, he's just a steering wheel up there today, so that is awesome. So Matthew 10 verse 39 says, If you cling to your life, you will lose it. This is Jesus speaking. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. In uh, Matthew 16 verse 25, Jesus says, If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So I'm not going to go into great big explanation of what that means but I want to thank uh, Mark and uh, Pastor Kylie for the uh, game tonight because I think it gives you a great introduction to what I'm speaking about but uh, the, the main thing about um, tonight's message uh, steering wheels and spare wheels is it's there's some obvious things in it that, that I'm going to talk about but there's also some other things about we all need to learn how to maneuver beyond manipulators that hold everything up 
because there is manipulators in church life who hold everything up and if we're not aware, then we will, we will agree with those attitudes that are actually hindering the purpose and plan of God to, per, to um, propel us forward into the next that God has for us. So I'll give you a few things. Manipulators never want to fit in. They want to control. So um, I, I really find that... Um, Sometimes there are people who, who are brand new, never met before. They turn up, say, perhaps they come to church and, and they just give off a vibe immediately with me that I know they don't want to fit in. They want to make it quite clear right from the start what they're not happy with. And, and, and so they're not, they're not thinking, hey, how do I fit in? How do I serve? How do I be part of this church? They're thinking that they're coming in and they're, they're trying to say, well, I'm going to set agendas here and I'm going to tell you what I'm not happy with so that you'll so you want to keep me here. So that's what a manipulator does. So manipulators never want to fit in. They want to control. So spare wheels uh, are often like manipulators. Um, it's a bad culture when a spare wheel demands authority well, it demands the authority of the steering wheel. Like my props here tonight. Thanks, thanks, Luke, for the prop. I might keep it. Put it, put it on my billy cart. But it's a bad culture when the spare wheel demands authority of the steering wheel. So you can't rely on the spare wheel to be there all the time. But it's it's if it's steering direction, it's never going to work. So. A spare wheel says, well, I, I'm, I'm not here all the time, but I, def I definitely want to have a say in everything. That's what, how a spare wheel talks. But authority always comes with responsibility. So if we want to have the authority of a steering wheel in our life, then we have to accept the authority that goes with it, the responsibility, I should say, that goes with it. And with responsibility comes authority. So Proverbs 26 verse 10 if you're taking notes, you can jot this one down. Proverbs 26, verse 10, uh, in the Amplified Bible, which is one I don't usually use, it says, um, like a careless archer who shoots arrows wildly and wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool or those who by chance just pass by. Um, I, I know I've, used it, I've preached from this scripture before, but responsibility precedes authority. It's not wise to position someone hoping by giving them a position, it will make them responsible. I've heard that. I've been in ministry, uh, leadership roles for a long time, and there might be someone in the church who think, oh, they're a, little bit, they're a little bit of a spare wheel. They're not here very much. They're only here every third week. And, and someone will say, well, we need someone to serve in, in a certain area. Well, maybe we'll just ask this particular person. And that might cause them a spark to arise, and that might cause them to, to be here more regularly. It might cause something to, to rise up. You know, it hardly ever happens. That, that usually, um, that, that is like um, being a careless archer, archer who shoots an arrow wildly. And the, and the Bible says there in Proverbs, um, so that um, it wounds everyone. So everyone gets hurt when we, when we start randomly shooting arrows, choosing people. So I love that term, shoots arrows wildly and wounds everyone. So there are people in churches everywhere who have been wounded. If I, if, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. Maybe we'll do an altar call, play some music, close your eyes. Raise your hand if ever you've been wounded in church. No, put your hand. There'll be too many people here. There'll be too much blood on the floor. 
But there are people in churches everywhere who've been wounded by the careless archers. Uh, a lot of that, uh, there's a lot of flat tires in churches from the careless archers that have caused damage, that have made punctures. Um, because we, we thought we were trying to help everybody by thinking, well, we had a little gap in kids' church and, and that person's only here every three weeks, but we'll just ask them. And we're just like, Phew. And then they come in and, and, then, and then because they're not developed and prepared, they're not only hurting themselves, firstly, but they're hurting others around them with an attitude of carelessness. So the difference between a spare wheel, this is getting to the, to the meat of it here today, the difference between a spare wheel and a steering wheel, you know, get, get this really deep, a steering wheel sets direction, a spare wheel is only for emergencies. So I'm going to give you points to avoid the, mani- the manipulation of spare wheels. And, the, and spare wheels do have a point. I'll show you right at the end that there, there is a place for them. So there's a place for them, and, and we want to be good ones, not bad ones. So number one, spare wheels don't like commitment. Spare wheels don't like commitment. See, spare wheels talk like this. I don't mind helping here or there. It's like some of those, so, some of those little quizzes that we had. Um, I don't want to be on all the time, but you just let me know if, if, if I can fill in from, from time to time, that's okay. Uh, I'm happy to, to, to come out from under the, under the car and bolt me on, but only, only one day at a time and only randomly. And, and as soon as my time's up, take me off. Um, that's a spare will talk. Uh, they often use languages that, uh, languages that language that says they are willing to fill in as a backup only. And that, that's a spare will. So there's something comfortable uh, about, the, uh, about this idea. But it doesn't breed greatness in you or the victory of what you could achieve in your life or what others can achieve. Uh, you know, that's what we've got to be aiming for, is the, the, the things that are in us that are from God, that are powerful, that are amazing, that can lift us to greater and, and, and much higher things. But if we're going to continue bringing to God an attitude of, of a spare wheel, we're always going to be living far below the potential that is in us. So, but, but we love to stay at that place of comfort. Um, living by preference. Uh, living by, there's a difference, but living by preference or living by conviction. So preference leads by our comfort and by our familiarity. Where my family is, where my friends are. That's, that's living by preferences. Living by just what's comfortable for us. But you know something, some of, the, some of the greatest challenges that we'll have is when God starts to call us beyond just the comfort zone of who our group of friends are. Maybe even in a church just across the room every single Sunday, it's great to see your friends. It's great to, to have close friendships in church. But cross the room to someone who you don't know very well. Cross the room to others and, and extend yourself into other people's lives and worlds and you just never know what God can do in you when you do that sort of stuff. So... Um, living by preferences is a spare wheel mentality. A steering wheel in you will live by convictions, will live by a, a, a deeper challenge every, every single day. So um, number two, spare wheels will flatter you to, man, um, to manipulate the direction. Um, if you want to see a scripture there, it's a bit of a mean one, so I won't read it out, but it's Psalm 5 verse 9. Go home and read it by yourself. It's a bit of a mean, a mean little one about about um, uh, 
those who would manipulate others. So, so these are some examples that you may have heard. I know I have. Flatterers. I love the preaching, but just stop the smoke machine. I love the friendly people, uh, just stop the lights. I love the atmosphere, just stop the worship. I love coming here, just not the guest ministry. I love this church, just turn down the volume. I love, I love what you're doing, just don't get air conditioning or change the chairs or move anything around. If we're led by those voices, we, we would not be the church that we are. If we were led by those voices, we wouldn't be seeing what we're seeing in these days. So please understand, it all goes together to create the kind of church that we're becoming. So you can't divorce individual things. You know what? We go to Alliston and there's people, you know, honest truth, I've been in the Alliston service and someone comes up and says to me, oh, I really love the worship day. That was fantastic. Loved it. Thank you for that. It was so amazing. Wonderful. I go, thanks very much for the encouragement. That's really good. Tell Kimberly that, that you enjoyed it. So that's really awesome. So great. Another person comes up almost immediately. I don't know why we sing songs. I really just waste time. I don't know why you just don't just preach. I really love your preaching. But you shouldn't, you know, it's just, just, I don't even know why we do it. You know, so you get both extremes. But you know what we have to do is, as a people, as one heart church, we need to say why we worship God. We're not singing songs to fill in the gaps before something else. We're going because there is power when we raise our hands and lift up Jesus and worship him like that. So so we've got to realize these things. Um, Number three, spare wheels only turn up when they're rostered. See, a a flat damaged spare is no use at all. So we're going to look at this in a little bit more detail. Hebrews 10 verse 25, it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. So this is back in... So I'm not picking on anybody here today because Hebrews was written long before I was even born. I'm just preaching what the Bible's telling us here. So, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So, if the day of Jesus' return was drawing near then, how much more important is it for us to come together as the church to do what the church does? So, tires are designed to be replaced. So, I've got some tires and wheels up there, but you know, you've got to realize that a tire needs to be replaced from time to time because it wears out. It's made of rubber and it wears down. So uh, church is like the pit stop. You get refueled, um, you, get, you get re-energized, and, and if you see the, the pits are in, in racing, the car or the motorbike pulls into the pits and within a flash they whip off the old wheels, they put new ones on, they fill it up, and, they, and sometimes they hit, hit people. It's really good watching those on on uh, YouTube, those uh, pit stop fails, they're, they're, they're really good to watch and they run over people and things, but we don't want to do that. But church is like a pit stop. You get fueled up and you get a new set of tyres and you race on. You can go again. So only turning up when you're on a roster is a, re- a recipe for breaking down. It's a recipe for running out of steam. It's a recipe of stopping when, it, when you need it the most. 
And so we need to realize this. It's, it's not about getting, getting people into the house of God just because we need to fill our numbers book. No, we don't need that. It's because we need, we need you to be refueled, restocked, re-energized, you know, re- retired so that you can get back out and, and do the rest of the course. And so you race on. So only turning up when on a roster is a recipe for breakdown. Uh, when the church meets together, it fulfills a powerful function of renewal and refreshing spiritually. See, the tire is the point of engagement with the road, with the world around you. And that needs to be renewed, replaced whenever it, get, whenever it gets damaged or wears out. And, and church is where where we come together. So I know we have rosters and we do try and share it around so that you do have times where you're in church and you need to take that time. You, you know, it, it is always, um, it always worries me when you go, well, we don't see that person ever until they're on the welcome team. Well, we don't see them ever until they're working in kids' church. And so they're never really being filled with anything, but they're wanting to give out something. They want to do ministry out of empty. You know, when you try and do anything out of empty, you're going to start doing nasty things. You're going to start doing bad things because you're going to be ministering out of, out of something that is empty and that's never going to end well, not for you or those around you. You'll be, you'll be shooting arrows, causing damage to everyone around you. So number four, uh, a spare wheel isn't expecting to be used. That's a nice one. See, a spare wheel isn't expecting to be used. So when needed, it's not ready. It leaves you stranded and cannot take you anywhere. So I'll give you rule number 101 on spare wheels. Write this down. Replacing a flat tire with a flat tire isn't working for me. So sometimes in church we have a flat tire. We have, we have a thing, well, you know, we, we've got some vacancies. We've got some hollow points. We've got... We've got people around the place that we need to fill positions because that we have a, a, a vacancy. And we think, that's okay, we'll look around, we'll find someone, and we fill a vacancy. We, we had a flat tire, we, repl- we took that one off, and we replaced it with another flat one. That's not going to get us anywhere. So um, we've got to give attention to the condition of our tires. So I'm using this analogy everywhere here today. There are many worn out tire Christians bearing damage and worn out um, with worn out tread who only want to be spare wheels. So that's point number five. I'll just go back a bit. See a spare wheel, a bald spare is dangerous. Running a bald spare wheel can destroy everything. A damaged spare may look okay but it's put back into use when it's fault, then its faults will be exposed with potentially devastating results. So I've got these two spare wheels here. So hopefully you can see them pretty good. I'm going to turn the tread that way. Can you see that, everybody? Okay. So just assuming that we've got a flat tyre and we've got to replace it, out of these two, which one do you think you would, you would choose? That one there? Good choice, Mark's very confident. Yes, you want to choose that one? Which one do you think's got the most tread? That one? I would, I would agree. That looks like a really, really cool tie. So what we do is we say, well, you're a little bit worn out. You have a rest. You go down, lay down, get lost. And this guy here, he's looking really good, looking really sharp. So we, we bolt him on. We say, you're, you're now in kids' church. You're awesome. You're going to do great. And then we put some weight on, and then suddenly we find out there's a big 
crack in the sidewall. Everything looked good until we put him on, on the roster. And then look, we're in big trouble. We're stranded again. So sometimes those things, those weaknesses are not revealed until we're bolted on to the car or the vehicle. Okay, number five, spare wheels love to comfort other spare wheels. They do. They love it. Spare wheels who convince each other it's okay to stay broken. And there's people in churches all the time getting with other people. It's okay. You understand? We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll rub you on the arm. Spare wheels who convince each other it's okay to stay broken. Give attention to the condition of our tires. There are many worn-out tire Christians bearing damage and worn-out, just like, like that broken sidewall, worn-out tread who only want to be spare wheels because they got hurt, because they got speared, because they got an arrow. Uh, and when they're put back into service, they cause more damage to themselves and the church. Now, this is, this is not a message I preach on Sunday. This is to leaders here today. This is to people who, who are wanting to develop themselves. And, and you don't want to wait. You don't want to put out a facade. Look, if you looked at that tire from a distance, you'd be thinking, that has got a good tread. It's, it looks great. Everything looks good looks okay to me but we wouldn't know that the damage was there until we bolted it on and then realized oh no we're gonna we're gonna crash this this is gonna blow up and and take us somewhere worse so when they're put back in into service they they cause more damage we need to be aware of the state of our tires that's a that's a spiritual thing that's something that that with you know your your person could be described as your soul as, as a wheel and, and your, your outer activities as a tire. And you need to constantly be restoring yourself in the spiritual realm so that you can continue to be of good service. You know, the people who burn out, the people who get grumpy and cranky in churches are the ones who haven't restored themselves. And then they start to have the wire hanging out. They start getting prickly. They, they, start, getting, they start getting self-conscious about things and, and start blaming everyone else for their condition. But the, the condition has to rely upon you to be spending time with Jesus, to be spending time in his word, to be a worshiper. These are all things that, that re- renew the rubber in your life it renews the the tread pattern in your life so that you can continue on and be serviceable for the king of kings it's a bit corny but it's i'm enjoying it okay number six I'll, this has been more positive now if you're going to be a spare wheel be a good one so i did say at the start i've been knocking the bad attitudes of of spare wheels but a spare wheel does have does have its place and it is very important because I don't want to be stuck in the outback somewhere without a spare wheel. Proverbs 22 verse 29 says this. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. So be prepared. Be ready for the day that you're needed. So renewal and and infilling from Jesus are essential to keeping the tread pattern. We're all created for longevity, but many people don't live long, fruitful lives in ministry. When we don't look after our inner, our outer performance fails. So be prepared. 
Be prepared spiritually. Be prepared emotionally. It's great fun working with an emotionally stable spiritual person. Some of the greatest times I've had in ministry have been with stable, emotionally uh, balanced people just serving in any part of church, but you're having a great time together because they're not going... You know, and I've also been on teams where people are like, oh, you know, they're complaining and it's not nice and, and it's all too hard. And why doesn't the pastor tell people to pick up their mess after church? All these sorts of things. Where when you're working with people who have a, have a glad heart and a, and a positive attitude, it, it lifts you and you could be doing the most, the, the most boring of type, type of thing. And always remember, relationships are, are important. So it's not what you're doing, it's who you're doing it with. So when you're serving in church, think about who am I doing it with and, and connect yourself to a team. You need to be on team. Uh, the, the body that, um, that Jesus had in mind is team. Now, I did hear or read a blog or something just last week about someone. was, was, was They started their, 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 their thing off saying, pastors are going to hate this. As soon as I hear that, I think, mm, yeah, I probably will. And then it went on to talk about the difference between Serving the kingdom and serving the church. I mean, something buckled here. Because there shouldn't be a a definition between serving church and the kingdom of God. It's the one and the same. In fact, Jesus said, I've come to build my church. And and he instituted the church. It is his representative of, of the kingdom on earth. So I don't quite understand what they were meaning. So so just, you've got to get that off my chest. It's got to get out of me. It's just come out. But it's great to work with spiritually and emotionally balanced people, stable people. You've got to be that for others. So you've got to, you've got to make coming to church their most uh, um, precious day. Say, so, you know, I had a great time. I was just doing coffee, but it was, I was with Paul and we had a ball. That, that's great. Where's Paul? He's, he's vanished. He's gone. He's already gone home. He's, oh, he missed his, his moment in the sun. You know, being, being prepared, as I said there, many spare wheels in churches aren't prepared and they don't expect that they'll ever get used. You've got to, you, I don't know where you're at in church life right now, but start expecting that God wants to use you because God wants to use you. You have a purpose. There is something that you can do that no one else can. So another, another way of being prepared is have all your legal stuff ready. Have your police check done. Do your safer churches check. Um, deal with the punctures, the arrow wounds, the, and find ways to keep your tread ready. So you might be thinking, I don't know where my strengths are. I don't know what I can do. I don't even think I have a gift. That's okay. Well, just get ready anyway. Just go and see Pastor Kylie, see Kimberly, and, and say, hey, I, I want to get, get my police check. I want to be ready. Because if something comes up, I want to be ready. I want to be able to step into it. I want to know my way, find out where things are, find out who to talk to. That's all about preparing, being ready. Don't come to church thinking, well, you know what, my ministry's out there. My ministry's to the community. Yeah, it is. It's not divided. Your life is not compartments. It's not like this is my life, my my work compartment, this is my church compartment, this is my sport compartment, this is is my socks compartment. No. It's, It's one life. Everything you do is for Jesus. Everything you do is for God. So don't compartmentalize. Don't say church kingdom, all this kind of stuff. That's nonsense. 
You've got, to, you've got to have a balance to the things of God that says, Jesus, uh, everything I am is, is you. I belong to a church and I'm part of it, part of the family, and I have a responsibility as a, as a person to, to, I can be a steering part of this or I can just be a spare wheel. We also need wheels, four wheels on the ground all the time. So we need to have people who are going to say, my wheels are, on, I'm not steering, I'm not in control, but I'm, but I'm servicing the, the house of God. You know, but steering, well, I'm not saying, hey, the, the, the steering all comes from the pastor or the senior leader. The steering comes from all our leaders. They all have a role to steer. They all have a role to, to bring direction, to have vision. Ultimately, the vision ought to come from God into the church. It needs to be, it needs to be uh, set by the Holy Spirit, not by our own imaginations. One of the challenges I had when I first came for the first two or three years was many people saying, well, what's the vision? I even had people say, we can't follow you with, unless we know the vision. And I said, well, I'll make one up for you. But it's not, be, it's not from God. So our vision, I think it came about three or four years in of my, my time here. And it did come from God through prayer and fasting and, and waiting for his, his way. And it kind of evolved, I guess, over, over a period of time. But it's to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. Now, our community starts here. So if we don't love here, we can't love out there. But we want to be a church that makes an impact. We want to be a church that makes a difference. We want to be a church that helps people live better lives by bringing the God factor in, by bringing the Jesus factor in. So, you know, there's no point going to Bible college if we don't get the basics of, of, uh, of, of things in spiritual things. I'm not knocking Bible college. We do that and we love it and we, we think it's a great way of maturing ourselves but if we if we can't say deal with gossip then bible college is no help so we've got to deal with some of the some of the main issues first and then do bible college or do bible college and then work out that stuff too but you know something we need to we need to be the place where people can come that feel safe because they know it's safe because it is safe because we've dealt with all those, all those insecurities all those puncture arrow marks and wounds and and the baldness and all that sort of stuff so, to finish, we have to guard ourselves. Maybe, Jimmy, you can play something for me. That might bring some restoration to this. So, we can transition our lives from tonight from being spare wheels and eventually become useful wheels and even a steering wheel. But we have to guard ourselves in our church against uh, wearing out tyres and then putting them under the car or in the shed, hoping that they could be useful somehow later on. And sometimes we do that to ourselves. We think, well, I got worn out in ministry. I got misunderstood. I got abused. You know, there's a few people who shouldn't have been around and, and they, they were like shooting arrows and I got wounded and... And so I, I retreated myself to be a spare wheel and I don't mind helping here and there and I, I, don't, I don't mind being, you know, um, a helper but just don't put me on any roster. And so we put ourselves under the car, we put ourselves in the shed thinking that somehow, and I just spilled water all over myself, somehow we're going to be useful somehow later on but we never deal with the punctures. We, ne we never retread. We, we, we just find other we just find other tires that that, that are going to comfort us 
and keep us in the same condition. So you're, yeah, you're justified. Don't, don't ever deal with that. You know, they, they hurt you. Just hang out with other, other hurt tires. But laying down our life for Jesus, as we started in Matthew today, laying down our life for Jesus doesn't speak language of spare wills. It speaks a language of vision. Sure, we've all been hurt in life. You can be, you can, people think it's all about church and they stop going to church because something happened, something went wobbly, something that shouldn't have happened, happened. Then they never go to church again. Well, I'll tell you what, dentists have hurt me a lot more than the, the church ever did, but I still go back. But we need to speak the, the language of a steering wheel that says, you know what, I'm, I might be hurting, but, but I have a destiny. I have a vision. I have, a, I have somewhere that I'm going to go. Laying down a life for Jesus doesn't speak language of a spare will. It's a language of sacrifice. It's a language of commitment. Here's a, here's a big one. It's an, a, 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 it's an attitude of honoring others above ourselves. So why should you serve? Why should you be involved in the house of God? Because you're honoring others above yourself. So you might, you might say, well, you know, I've done my time. No, you've never done your time. You might think, well, I've, pro- I've been promoted. I've, I've done that. I've served here. I've served there. Now, now it's my turn to come and sit. You know something? Where, I'm, or where I am today, I still clean the air conditioners. I still vacuum. I still mow the lawn. I still do whatever I can see needs to be done because it needs to be done because I want to be active for Jesus. I never want to be above all straightened chairs. I'll pick people up for church. I'll do whatever it takes because I want to lay down my life for the sake of others. Now, I'm going to tell you, I want to challenge you today. You, you, sometimes we allow the attitudes of other spare wheels to say, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just go back in the shed. Just go back in the darkness. Just, yeah, I see that big injury you've got. That's really mean. Did Rob really do that to you? Yeah, he shot an arrow right in my tire. But I want to tell you, I want to finish with Timothy. Philippians 2 verse 22. This is Paul. He says, but you know of Timothy's tested worth and his proven character. That he has served with me to advance the gospel like a son serving with his father. So Paul is, is promoting, he's shouting out this Timothy. He says he's the character of a, of a steering wheel. He's proven in ministry. You know, I know big problems occur when spare wheels are given the authority of the steering wheel. When we start to say, you know, someone's saying, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that in church, and, and they show no commitment. They show, show no uh, belonging, yet they come in manipulating right from the very first meeting. So department leaders, you need to steer. You've been delegated by God with authority to steal, steer your department whether that's children, whether it's a welcome team, whether it's anything at all in the life of the church, you've been delegated by God to steer the right direction. Raise people to hire. You might, you might start steering with a whole lot of spare wheels, but you've got to be speaking life into them. You've got to be patching them up. You've got to be retreading them. You've got to be putting the value back into them so that they can go from being a spare wheel to a wheel and perhaps they might become a steering wheel one day. 
Raise people to higher. Remind people they're meant for better things. Hebrews 6 verse 9, I remember before being called back into ministry, to back to Port Lincoln, I was reading my Bible one day, Pauline was in the house, and I remember reading Hebrews, and I, I read Hebrews 6 9, it says, you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. I was having a day off from work. My job at that point was checking grease traps. I was the grease police. And I'd pop lids all day long, measure with a stick how, how thick the grease was, and then report back to SA Water and say they got too much grease in their grease trap and they are in trouble and give them a $90 fine. But you know something? I remember thinking, you know, my life can't be this forever. And I said to Pauline, you know something? I think God's calling us back to ministry. I think God's going to do something. I don't know what or how, but I just, there's a revelation came from Hebrews 6 verse 9. You're meant for better things. And we need to be agents. Every single one of you here need to be finding people. Maybe you're finding spare wheels all around you, but you've got to be reminding them, you're meant for better things. Come on, let's help you. We'll patch you up. We'll fix that. We'll, we'll take the whole tire off and put a whole brand new one on. But you are meant for better things. You are meant for things that come with your salvation. So when you get saved, you're born again. You don't have to do anything. That's the amazing thing. You don't have to do anything to get God's favor to become a Christian, to be forgiven of your sins. But you know something? Jesus loves you too much and there's so much more exciting things for our lives when we start to let God use us for the purpose He created us for. And He uses the church to help us find that. So you need to steer. Take people higher. See, conviction leads us beyond our comfort and our preferences. We've got to live our life through convictions and say, Jesus, I'm trusting your word. I'm believing in that. Value God's call and purpose. It's a conviction that will lead us beyond our preferences to greater things that come with our salvation. You're, you're created for greater things. So Luke Roger's created for greater things. Kirsten's created for greater things than what you're doing right now. Benjamin Boardman's created for much, much greater things. You just have to start to speak that into your life. I'm created for greater things. I'm created for God's purpose for my life. I'm not here to check grease traps. You know, one of the things that, that I was, you know, the enemy doesn't let go easily. When I came to Port Lincoln, my old, my old uh, employer was ringing me almost every week. Hey, you want to come back? You want to come back? Hey, we've got a job for you in Port Lincoln as well. Work for us a few days a week. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, look, that's a bit, a bit of comfort there. A lot of other spare wheels there. I'll go back into that spirit world where I'm comfortable, where I feel safe, where I feel like I can control things myself better. I'm not at the mercy of the church. Because then if that doesn't work, then I've got, some, I've got plan B. And God spoke to me and said, don't plant another row between your crop. Trust me. Give me your all. And so I had to launch out and let go. So we're going to pray for each other tonight. So I want to just close your eyes and, and uh, we're going to perhaps, I don't want it to, to make this um, compulsory, but, but I know that people need to break through some things and go to a higher level today. We're going to pray for each other. For those who have felt the pressure of others' opinions those who felt the pressure of the manipulators and, and perhaps we never thought about anything and a manipulator comes along and says, well, we're doing this and why are we doing that? And then you start thinking, oh, yeah. Well, 
then we start to allow their preferences to affect our convictions. We're going to pray for that pressure to be lifted off the church because it can be it can be something that withholds a blessing and the and the presence of God from our lives and from the lives of others because we've allowed a, a manipulating spirit to control us. We're going to shake that off. We're going to pray for others tonight um, for spit uh, for pit stop time. So we can say, you know what, I feel like my, the, the, the tires are worn out. I feel like I've lost the, the, the passion, the desire. My tank's empty. You need some pit stop time today. Now, it's not, again, it's not our opportunity to, to latch on to someone and say, you, you know, now I'm going to fill you. you know, all, we're, we, all we are is the agents of God. All we are the ones who can stand alongside someone and encourage them and bless them. It doesn't mean you, 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 you have to make them your disciple. Make them your project. No, 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 we, we don't. That, that becomes weird. That becomes a little bit controlling. We just want to allow people to, to be energized and encouraged tonight. We're going to pray with vision over our leaders to be set free to steer. So if you're in a team here today, you know, Jimmy's here and Beth's here from music. If you're in a music team, you want to just get alongside them and encourage them. Say, so I'm going to help you to be able to steer Some of you are going to be drive wheels. Some of you may be a spare wheel, but make sure you're a good one. There's nothing ultimately drastically wrong with spare wheels because we do have spare wheels in church and we need them. But we just need them to be ready spare wheels, not another flat one. So that when you have to come into a department or an area, you can say, yes, you can rely on me. I'll be there for as long as you need. I'll be there. And then then what I think a spare wheel should do is not just say, well, I'm here just for a week. And then I'll do nothing for another six months and I'll do another week. No, no, no. You want to be a spare wheel that says, well, you know what, I'm, 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 I can go on the front, I can go on the back, I can go on the trailer, I can go wherever you need me, but I'm always working somewhere because I'm always ready. My tread's, my tread's ready, there's no punctures, and, uh, and I'm full and I'm ready to go. That's what a spare wheel should be, not all those other type of things. So while we're just uh, in this atmosphere right now, if you feel comfortable, just spend a, 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 you know, 30 seconds saying, God, who can I encourage right now? Who can I stand alongside? If you've got your leader here, get, get with your leader and say, I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. I want to I believe that you have clarity in what you're doing. I want to believe that, that you can steer well because I want to be a, a wheel that's not just a spare one tucked away in the shed that's broken, but I want to make myself ready and, and uh, on, on, the, on the vehicle all the time so that we can make a difference. So if we can do that, let's just spend some time now and uh, encourage one another and uh, have some pit, pit stop time. You keep playing. I'll just pray and then we'll do it. So we just, uh, Lord, I thank you for, for this message tonight. Lord, I pray that it may be life-changing, that it may help us to um, clear away some of the the, the cobwebs and the attitudes and the, uh, the the holes and the punctures in our life. Lord, I just pray for great healing to come right now. I pray for clarity. Lord, we, we want to uh, shake off um, misinterpretation of what I said today as well, because sometimes what I say and what people hear are two different things. But Lord, I pray for a clear mind, alert spirits to receive something. And I pray today as we pray for one another that the church may be strengthened and empowered and released 
into a new level of, of greatness, I pray in Jesus' name. So we're going to spend five minutes till quarter two praying and then we're done. So thanks for coming out as well.
we finish off praying for one another. Again, I want to thank you for coming out tonight and hope that you can take something home with you that is uh, good and strengthening. We have Alliston service this weekend, so keep the team in your prayers. I think Benjamin and Sarah are going up this weekend and Pastor Michael is going as well to Alliston. We've got the prison service this Sunday as well. So we've always got lots on every weekend and it's great to be part of, to bring uh, church to wherever we can. So um, I'm just going to pray for you as we go tonight and pray that this week you can really start to uh, put the rubber back on your tire and be prepared and ready and um, bringing something new and fresh to your experience with God. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for what you taught us. I thank you for what you're taking us into. And I pray that we may be prepared and ready for the very best that you have for each single person here. And we pray it in Jesus' name. We pray for Alliston on the weekend. We pray that the service there may be great and uh, um, enjoyable for people and they may hear the gospel and uh, rejoice in that. Lord, I pray also for the prison service on Sunday that that uh, we may have a great opportunity to uh, uh, speak with those guys in there and make a difference in their life. So we just thank you for what you have for the rest of us all week, Lord, and may we see great things popping up all around us in Jesus' name. Amen.